0: Welcome to Women Winning at Work podcast. My name is Barka Herman. I interview women with successful careers in tech. Please like and share this episode and podcast and do reach out to me if you or someone you know would like to be featured on my podcast. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Barka Herman. And now without delay, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Women Winning at Work with Barka Herman. Today I have a uh, wonderful colleague from Ireland, um, Emma Coffey, and she's the second coffee I've known in my life. <laughs> so that's that's an interesting tidbit. Um, Emma is a uh, partner enablement lead. So um, without further ado, Emma. Uh, I would love for you to introduce yourself in your own words. And also, I'd love to know what a Partner Enablement Lead does.
1: Hi Barka. thanks so much for having me. It is lovely to be here. Um, But yeah, quick introduction. My name is Emma. I'm 31 years of age, full disclosure today. Um, I've been working in technology in project manager roles for the past seven years and I started that career in tech during my time living in Australia Um, and while I was there I worked on a number of medium and large scale digital transformation projects before um, moving into change management, and then more recently back into project management with Microsoft um, since returning home to Ireland in 2020. Um, But yeah, what do I do at Microsoft? So I currently work as a vendor for Microsoft Ireland, um, and my role is partner enablement lead. Um, And what that means is I work directly with partners to deliver strategic training across all of the Microsoft products. Um, And it's for a variety of audiences. So from technical to developer audiences, to sales and marketing and business teams as well. So I suppose my core function is is really enabling partners to skill up in their area of specialization. Um, And as a result, I guess, kind of helping partners to build confidence in their skills and drive innovation um, with their customers using our products. So yeah, it's, it's a really different role to my previous experience. I guess previously I would have played a part in um, techli- technical implementations for organizations, you know, managing projects end-to-end and kind of working with stakeholders to achieve adoption of those technologies. So um, to kind of flip that and now work for the technology itself has been really interesting.
0: Yeah, no, that's fascinating. And, and so one of the things that I also want to highlight on this podcast as I interview all these wonderful ladies is that Um, You know, being a woman in tech, I think that when I was younger I was thinking of it just as coding and it's so much more than that, isn't it? It is
1: so many different roles and something to suit everyone. If you look closely enough, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. so my first question after the intro is usually I uh, my audience knows that I'm a comic book geek, so. I would love to hear Emma your origin story so all the way from you know you're uh, obviously from Ireland and you end up in Australia and then even before that you know how did you end up in tech how did you end up you know across the world what is your origin story?
1: Yeah so I grew up in a town called Leakslip in Ireland and um, it's really close to Dublin which has always been great so you know, you can hop on a bus or a train and in under 30 minutes you're in the city centre and you can experience all Dublin has to offer. And that was really brilliant growing up um, from a social and a work perspective, because um, that's where the opportunities always were, was in Dublin. Um, and yeah, I grew up in a little estate, and there were lots of other kids my age, which was lovely. And I think on my road alone, I'd say at one point there were probably between forty and fifty of us kids, and um, wow. all of relatively, you know, similar ages. And the only word I can think of to describe it now is like pandemonium. <laughs> but at the time, like it was brilliant, and um, because it meant lots of friends to play and adventure with. And I was always outdoors, and I think because I was a bit of a Tomboy, You'd probably like find me climbing trees or playing football with the boys on the road. Um, And yeah, I always remember in the summer months when the evenings would be bright until, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, my mom pleading with me to come in for the night. Um, And because I just loved being out playing so much. But yeah, I guess um, in terms of my parents, so my mom and my dad, they both worked and they had a great work ethic. I suppose they're from that generation before kind of mental health days existed and, you know, (laughs) Before it was acceptable to use your sick leave when you were feeling under the weather and, you know, even if the world was ending, they were still on time for work and never would have missed a day. So I think that that was really important for me to see. Um, And yeah, during that time when I was growing up, Ireland went through quite a challenging few years economically. Um, And that really had an impact on everyone. And, you know, just like my friends, families, my parents had a really tough time financially. And, you know, my dad was out of work for a bit and for some time there was one income. And, you know, with three kids all in school, it definitely wasn't easy. But I think what really sticks out in my mind is, you know, despite those challenges that they faced, you know, myself and my little brother and my little sister, we never felt the impact of that. We never missed out on anything, whether it was things that we needed or a school trip or celebrating a birthday or, you know, having hobbies and taking part in activities we enjoyed. So um, I really look back on that and I'm, I'm so grateful and mm-hmm. um, that that was the case and yeah I guess my parents they always encouraged me to do my very best um, in school in university and later on in work and I guess they knew what I was capable of and um, they could see what I could achieve and you know if I focused and put the work in I suppose there was also that kind of element of being the first child in the family and um, to go through those key milestones and um, and they just wanted to see me do really well yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed school. My favorite subjects were English and geography. I was obsessed with anything to do with meteorology. Oh, and wow. I know, it was so random. And my dream job was to be a weather woman, um, oh. which would probably be a really easy job in Ireland because every day the forecast would probably just be rain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I went to university. I studied media and after graduating I had a couple of different jobs in retail and in finance um, and I suppose at that time I was probably around 23 and like many young people my age, I caught the travel bug and I packed up all my stuff and I left Ireland. I did some backpacking through Asia and then somehow arrived in Australia where I would spend the next eight years of my life. Hmm, Interesting. Um, But yeah, I guess in terms of getting into tech, I I was working in a customer service role in Australia and I had applied for the job because, you know, I had experience in retail and customer service roles. So I kind of satisfied that part of the job description. Um, But the role itself, it was focused on customer service improvement. So lots of project work, not necessarily all technical projects, although there were some I was able to get involved in. Um, There was like a CRM improvement project. There was a contact center software implementation. Um, But prior to that, I had never worked in anything IT related Um, And after doing that role for 18 months, it was coming to the end of my contract and the head of our department, she approached me. And to be honest, like until that point, I didn't have a whole lot to do with her. And she approached me and she just said, you know, one of her teams, they were doing a website implementation and she just asked if I'd be interested in, in leading the project as a project manager. (laughs) <laughs> so um, that was where my tech journey began, you know, all from an opportunity given to me by someone who saw something in me. Um, and yeah, to be frank, I think that opportunity really changed my life and opened so many doorways for me in the last few years.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's so funny. Um often I find in many of these stories is that all you need is one or two allies at the key moments in your life and your whole life changes. Right.
1: And I am so grateful to that person. You know, I'm still in contact with her now. And and when I left that organization, when I was leaving Australia to move back to Ireland, you know, we had a sit down and, you know, I, I got time to really express my gratitude to yeah. her. And um, yeah, and she was really grateful to that, too, you know, to know um, of the value of the impact that she had on my professional life.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful. And the picture that you paint of your childhood is very reminiscent of India. You know, I grew up in a community where there were always, you know, 30, 40 kids and we were always outdoors. And, you know, it was, it was very similar. And both my parents were working as well. So so uh, amazing story. Um let me ask you on a different note now I know that you know tech technology can be sort of like a a boys club sometimes um and um what is your experience especially having worked in two different countries in the tech space what is the hardest thing that you've had to face as a woman in the tech field
1: yeah I mean I think overall my experience working in tech has been really positive um, but to answer your question, I think it's probably tackling assumptions, I guess, you know, in the past, sometimes I felt that because I'm a woman, I, I, I don't have the capacity to maybe understand technical concepts mm-hmm. um, and I was going to say technical stuff. But that yeah. probably does. That probably doesn't help um, back that bias. And um, but yeah, like so because I'm a woman, um, and for example, maybe I'll be working in a large project team or partnering with other areas of the business in order to deliver a project. Um, and in the past, there have been instances where, you know, an assumption has been made that I don't understand at a high level how, you know, software can be architected to an organization's needs or how APIs work between different applications and systems mm-hmm. or how we can use certain technology to streamline complex business processes. You know, there's, there's kind of been that feeling. Um, And yeah, I can't say, I guess, for sure that the the reason I experienced those challenges was because I'm a woman. But, you know, I just feel like assumptions, you know, they they really form the basis of so many different uh, working relationships and working dynamics. You know, think about it like, you know, and maybe in those scenarios, People acted in that way towards me, not because I'm a woman, but maybe because of their interpretation of my role title, or you know their idea of what someone with that role title does, or people who they've worked with in the past who've held that position and how they've performed. Um, so yeah, I get it's it's really complex, um, and I think that you know as human beings we make assumptions, intentional or not. Um, and it's really easy to lose sight of how an assumption can make someone feel.
0: Yeah, 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 it's, it's funny how um, you, it, it's interesting that you brought that up because I think that uh, there is that, you know, uh, when I first immigrated, um, I also switched majors, uh, switched countries and, uh, you know, switched professions. And I was fairly young at the time. I was 21 when I immigrated to the United States and started working in the tech field. I think that I kept wondering, is it uh, people are not having faith in me? Is it because I'm a woman? Is it I'm because I'm an immigrant? Is it because I'm having trouble with the language? Is it because I have an accent, or is it because uh, you know I'm I'm just 21. I'm young, so people are just not taking me seriously. So there's there's that. There's that uncertainty that goes along with, but it, it, you know, but in my experience, I think that there are people who are open and encouraging, and then there are people who are closed and discouraging. And it doesn't matter where that comes from. The, the people who are open and encouraging are the ones that will be your you know, so-called allies. And listen, we've all underestimated people in our lives, right? It, it, we're all guilty of it to a certain extent. So I'm not saying that there's like this ca- cadre of evil people walking around. It's just in the moment people can just see, oh, you know, she's not the strongest person in the team. And, you know, there's a little bit of bias there. I, I don't even know if to, if to classify it as a bias, but, but we do experience it, right? And I think that it's, it's universal. It
1: is. And, you know, I genuinely think that my time in Australia working was just so beneficial to me as a person in a professional sense, because, you know, Australia, it has such a huge um, migration, Um, you know, like, for example, I lived in Perth and, you know, the area I lived in, you know, most people were born overseas. And Mm. I guess as a result, you worked with people from different backgrounds and different ethnicities and people who had different values and perspectives as well. And you just learn so much from interacting and working with people from from those from those different walks of life. Um, and I really feel that that has stood to me and given me the tools to adapt and really, um, yeah, and, and I guess thrive in any situation that I face.
0: Yeah, I think that we I, we we who have immigrated or had the ex- rich experience of not just visiting other countries and cultures, and it doesn't matter how close they are, it's a different culture always, right, in a different yeah. country, even if you speak the same language. Um, have that advantage of having experienced the richness of multiple cultures helps, right? Um all right, moving on. What is the best thing about being a woman in technology? Um what is the upside?
1: I find I think technology sector I find it really supportive. Um and I think the fact that as a woman in a STEM sector, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, any, any more, but because you're a minority, you can kind of really use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And, and what I, what I mean by that is if you have the skills that a role requires and you can successfully demonstrate your value to the company that you want to work for, you know, through their recruitment process or whatever requirements they have, you have a really good chance of securing that job because I really think that companies want to be seen to employ women because, you know, it helps them show the world how diverse they are. um, And in turn, they'll benefit from the unique skills that you and other skilled women will bring.
0: Yeah, yeah. Also, I I also found so I, I love what you said about this, because, yes, you know, I always looked at all my weaknesses or my peculiarities, shall we say, as my strengths, because that's what made me stand out in a room full of male. Uh, I was the only woman. So, of course, I was going to be remembered. Nobody was going to forget me. And even, you know, when I started speaking at events, I would often be the only or first woman speaker. And so people would pay attention to, you know, there was some gravitas to just me being the only or first woman. So there's, there's of course, negative, because there were days when I, you know, went crying to the bathroom and I had nobody to speak to (laughs) because somebody was mean. However, uh, there were also days where I felt like, you know, all the all the light was shining on me. So it's 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 a double edged sword. So uh, wonderful to hear that. Yeah.
1: Isn't it it wonderful to like look back um, on those memories you mentioned, you know, running to the bathroom because you were upset um, and then to stand where you are now and, and consider like how those different experiences, both positive and negative, impacted you
0: yes yes they made me who i am i wouldn't trade them yeah so wonderful um i would love to hear um what would you say to the 20 year old emma um you know for or somebody who's younger who's not you know not a computer science major considering getting into the tech or maybe even a computer science uh, major what message would you have for young women out there who are considering a career in tech or getting started in tech?
1: Hindsight is such a blessing. I have um I have so much advice for younger Emma. Um and and for younger women um who are trying to break into tech. I think first up I would tell my younger self that not having all of the answers isn't a weakness. And I think in my younger years, there were so many times in work where I was sitting in a meeting or I was in a situation where I was afraid to put my hand up and ask a question for fear of it somehow invalidating like my existence or my value. Um, and the downside of that is I think I missed out on learning so much Mm. Um, because I feel, you know, there's only so much learning that you can do flying solo. And when you realize that and start reaching out to others for help, that is really when growth begins. Yes. Um, yeah. Secondly, I'd tell younger Emma to stop spending so much time making decisions. I was a very sensible young person, probably too sensible, I think. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm very, I'm going very hard on myself today, but this is important. I, I, I want younger women to to hear this. And, you know, I'd agonize over the simplest of decisions to the most complicated decisions. And, you know, sometimes in a work sense, that type of composed, logical thinking, it helps in so many ways, especially, you know, when you're incessant impact or risk of something. But in a personal sense, I think I missed out on opportunities to experience new things because I took too long to make a decision. And by the time I decided the opportunity had passed, and I just think time is precious and life mm-hmm. is precious. Make a decision on a whim. Enjoy the thrill of making a spontaneous decision and just enjoy the experience. Wow. Wow. Um, And yeah, I think, I think I I would also say no solution is perfect Mm. and sometimes better is good enough. And I think like throughout my life, I've always strived for perfection, like in both a personal and a work sense. And I was always taught growing up that perfection like it didn't exist but I kind of only came to terms with that in recent years you know like in a work setting I might be leading a project and i would had lots of competing requirements and interests from you know different stakeholders across the business and you know I'd hold the weight of the world on my shoulders and think how am I going to implement a solution that satisfies everyone and all of these requirements and the answer is that that scenario rarely if at all exists Um, And I think, you know, find find the things to celebrate. So if I implement a solution and it meets 90% of people's expectations or as a result, nine out of 10 of those people now spend two hours less time a day carrying out a manual process because this new solution does it for them automatically, then that is good enough. And that is a success that deserves to be celebrated.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, that is such a tremendous, tremendous uh, thing to remember, and I think that as, you know, and, and I don't believe in generalities, but I think that the female principle is of, you know, a, a constant uh, self-scrutiny. So I think I find more women self-scrutinizing than than men do. I'm not saying men don't do it. Um, and And this this sense of celebration this need to sort of emphasize that when you achieve something take the moment celebrate think of all the good you've done is so important such a such a impactful message i love that emma
1: it is and and i all you know what gets me out of bed in the morning and excited for work is you know i might be a tiny piece of a huge project that has taken place but somewhere along the line, my little input has made something better for someone along the way somewhere. Um, and I think that that is enough. Um, you are enough. And that is enough to celebrate.
0: That's so, um, so beautiful. Well said. Amazing. So um, finally, I'd love for you to share something uh, of yourself. Where can people find you? Uh, do you have any anything that you support, any causes, any pet projects, you know, personal stuff, anything you want to promote?
1: I am very active on LinkedIn and I am always welcome. I always welcome new connections um, because I love networking. But yeah, I think my main message is if anyone is listening and you're trying to break into tech, and you feel like you could benefit from another perspective, or maybe you want to bounce some ideas around, or maybe you want some help with your resume, or maybe you just want someone to listen, I would love to help you. Um, So reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn and we can take it from there. Um, I would love to dedicate more of my time over the coming months to help um, younger women Mm. who were who were in a similar position to me when I started out. Um, and yeah, I think I really would have benefited um, from having a platform like LinkedIn, you know, where people are, you know, just so within reach. Um, and I want to use that to help other women in similar positions
0: to what I was. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this very inspiring um, interview. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I am so thrilled to have spoken to you. You, you have such wisdom, uh, for being such a young person and, uh, <laughs> and, and thank you for taking the time and sharing, uh, your story with us, Emma.
1: Thanks so much for the opportunity, Barca.
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for listening. Please like this episode and share it with someone you think that'll enjoy it. And do reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect. And also, if you would like to, please join my newsletter by visiting www.barkaherman.com. Thank you.